0: Welcome back to our series on questions and answers. In our previous session, we asked the question, is there good evidence for the resurrection of Jesus? And of course, we answered that with a yes. And if you missed that one, I encourage you to go look uh, at that video or listen to that podcast. In this session, we're going to ask a different kind of question, one that has more to do with our practice, with what we do. And that question is, how should we read the Bible? if we're Christians, we know we ought to read the Bible. Uh, Perhaps even some who aren't Christians feel like they ought to read the Bible just to know what this book is that has influenced so many people. But today we're looking mainly at how should we as Christians, those of us who are believers, how should we go about reading the Bible? After all, the Bible is a very large book. Even if you are inclined to read you know history or fiction or whatever um not many books that most of us read are as long as the bible Uh, certainly not many books that we read are put together like the bible the bible is actually a collection of books 66 books in fact uh, different genres different authors different styles but all written under the inspiration of God, we believe, meaning that all scripture as Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. So it all ultimately comes from God and it's all God's word, so it's all good for us. But how should we go about reading it? That is the question. So what I hope to do in this session is just to point you in some directions that I hope will be fruitful and helpful uh, for you as you read the Bible. These are things that I have gleaned uh, mostly from others, perhaps some from experience, but I think mostly from other people um, whose advice has has been beneficial to me and that um, that that is biblical and so I want to pass that on to you as well. So the first thing uh, I would say about how we should read the Bible is that we should read the Bible prayerfully we should recognize that the bible is god's book and that we have the privilege of talking to god who's the author of the book about the book that we're going to read we can ask god to help us understand the book to help us love the book to help us see what he wants us to see in this book, which is his book. I remember um, John Piper used to use this verse from Psalm 119 uh, often, probably still does uh, use this verse often when talking about how we should pray about reading the Bible, Psalm 119 verse 18. It's stuck with me and the, the verse is this. It says, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. In other words, help me see the great things that are in your word. Because we've all had the experience, right, of reading the Bible and knowing that the Bible is a, is a, a great book, a powerful book, that is it's God's word and it ought to grip our attention, it ought to engage our minds and our hearts, but we just don't feel anything and we just don't see anything and we're not gripped and we're not moved and we don't feel like we're being changed. What are we to do? Well, we can pray. God, help us to see. Open our eyes to see. We know the problem is not with the book. The problem is with us. So open our eyes to see the wonderful things that are in your word. And not only can we pray, and, and of course it doesn't have to be those exact words. There's all kinds of ways that you can pray um, before you read the Bible and just say, God, help me. God, speak to me. Uh, God, open my ears. God, open my eyes. God, help me to to hear from you, right? So the the words of Psalm 119 verse 18, uh, you can pray those exact words, of course, or just something along those lines is always helpful to pray before you read the Bible. God, help me as I seek to listen to your word. And then the other thing about reading the Bible prayerfully is uh, that we can pray what we read. And this helps us not only with our reading, but also with our praying. Because on the one hand, sometimes uh, we feel like our prayers are repetitive and can kind of get in a rut and we're saying the same things over and over and our our prayers can start to feel kind of um, routine or or maybe begin to feel uh, dull, like our heart is not really in it. What can we do? Well, one of the things we can do is we can pray what we're reading in the Bible to help bring uh, variety and new language and, and helpful reminders of what kinds of things we should be praying for. Whether you're reading the Psalms, which is largely a book of prayers or songs or, or prayers that are songs, Uh, Whether you're reading Psalms, whether you're reading Paul's letters where there are often prayers, uh, or whether you're reading uh, a portion of the the Bible that isn't a prayer itself, but you can turn the verse into a prayer, right? So if you're reading, for example, in, in Hebrews 11 about the example of faith set by those in the Old Testament, you can pray, God, help me have faith like Abraham, help me have faith like Moses, Right, help me have faith, and, and you can turn it into a prayer. Uh, you can do that with it virtually any passage of scripture, right? Or if you're reading the Psalms, of course, you can pray through portions of the Psalms, or you can pray through an entire Psalm, perhaps. Um, It might be a little bit uh, longer prayer uh, from scripture, perhaps, than you're used to, but certainly we could do it, right? So you can turn what you're reading in the Bible into a prayer, and that also helps us uh, process what we are reading and and sort of uh, apply what we are reading. And so if we're taking what we're reading and turning it into a prayer where we're saying whatever's in the text we're saying God help me to do this help me to believe this help me to practice this right uh Ephesians 5 1 says therefore you know be imitators of God as beloved children you can pray and say God help me to believe that I'm your beloved child that you love me that you care for me help me remember how you have shown your love for me most especially in the death of Jesus and help me to imitate you. Help me to love like you love. Help me to forgive like you forgive. Help me to speak the truth like you speak the truth. And you can turn what you're reading into a prayer. So we we should read the Bible prayerfully. Second thing is we should read the Bible quickly. We should read the Bible quickly. What I mean by this is, um, we should read large chunks of scripture. Uh, I remember at a couple of different points in my life um, being uh, instructed or challenged by professors to read large chunks of the Bible. The first time I remember this was when I um, was in seminary right after college and I was in a a class where we were covering the Gospels and and maybe Acts as well. And the professor said, you know, go home and, and try to read a whole gospel in one sitting or read as much as you can in one sitting or something like that. I think I read maybe 10 chapters of the gospel of Mark, I think, uh, in in one sitting. And uh, though I didn't make it through the whole thing, that was probably the most I had read consecutively of the Bible at probably any time in my life. Um, and I still remember that challenge. And um, I, I would encourage you to do the same right try to read large chunks of scripture and we can't always do this a lot of times our devotional time uh, depending on what season of life we're in our Bible reading time may be very condensed you may have five 10 15 minutes uh, and and you don't have time to read chapters at a time um, but when we do have that time right perhaps on a over a holiday or a vacation or you know a season of your life where you you have more You have more room. There's less going on. Um, Maybe as you approach uh, Christmas or Easter or whatever, uh, try to read big chunks of scripture at times um, to get the big idea. One of the reasons why this is important is because um, the books of the Bible are written as holes, right? So Genesis is meant to be read as a whole and Exodus is meant to be read as a whole and Paul's letters, of course, would be meant to be read as a whole. And so some of the books are so long that if we only read them a few verses at a time, it would take us so long to get to the end that we would probably forget the beginning by the time we got to the end of the book. Um, and there's there's occasions for going slowly. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But there's also good reason sometimes to go quickly, to try to read a whole letter of Paul, for example. And you can start with a short one. Start with uh, Philippians or Colossians, right? And just four chapters each, and try to read the whole thing in one sitting and see how much more you understand Uh, his point, his message, what he's trying to get across when you read uh, the book as a whole. And so one of the things we should do, again, is read the Bible, not only prayerfully, but read it quickly. Read big passages and, and, and just keep going. Read as much as you can in one sitting and see how much you see that perhaps you didn't see before when you're reading it all together. But then the next thing I would say is read the Bible slowly. Read the Bible slowly. And this is not a contradiction, right? Sometimes we can do one. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can read slow. Sometimes we can read fast. In some seasons, we may, we may be able to do a little bit of both. But both are helpful, uh, even if we can't do them both all the time. So what do I mean by read the Bible slowly then? Well, what I mean by read the Bible slowly is uh, what the Bible talks about when it says that we should meditate on God's word. So for example, in Psalm one, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. That word meditation may throw us off a little bit because normally when we think about meditation, we think of uh, really what's Eastern meditation and emptying of our mind. Biblical meditation is the filling of our mind with scripture, uh, ruminating on. Some have have used that terminology. uh, It's just sort of chewing on what it is that we're reading, going over it in our minds uh, slowly and over and over. Um, This is kind of what we do sometimes when we're memorizing scripture, right? When we repeat it to ourselves over and over. But meditation is not just memorization, right? Because sometimes we can memorize without really thinking about what we're memorizing. But meditation means pondering um, what it is that we're reading, right? Spending time with it, trying to understand it. Uh, Joshua was given similar instruction in Joshua 1.8 when he was told, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. It's hard to carefully do what the scripture says when you haven't carefully paid attention to what the scripture says. You have to carefully pay attention to it before you can carefully do it. You have to know what it says before you can obey it, live it, apply it. And so we need to read scripture slowly. We need to read scripture carefully. We need to meditate on scripture. We need to ponder scripture. And again, if we go back to the first one, reading the Bible prayerfully, prayer comes into this as well. As we're asking God, help me understand what this means. Help me understand how to apply this to my life. Help me understand uh, how I should live this out or, or how this should affect this situation that I'm in. What, how, what should I do here? Uh, that's, that can go right along with this meditative, slow reading of the Bible. So we should read the Bible prayerfully, we should read it quickly, at times. We should read it slowly at times. and we should read it regularly. right? This goes back to Psalm 1. it says, um, "The blessed man, uh, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Joshua, right, is told also, meditate on it day and night. That doesn't mean that meditating on the Bible is the only thing that you do. It does mean that meditating on the Bible is something that you do regularly, daily, perhaps even throughout the day. Probably day and night means it's not just one part of the day, but throughout the day or at set periods uh, during the day, perhaps. But regardless of, of how the specifics work out, right, that you're regularly reading the Bible, right? It's better, uh, to read the Bible consistently a little bit at a time than it is, um, sporadically a lot at one time, right? So for example, you might read 10 chapters in one sitting one day out of the month. Well, it'd be a whole lot better to read five verses every day of the month because you're being consistent and you're consistently exposing your heart and your mind to scripture and daily you're reminding yourself what God says what God expects of you uh, what God has done for you and so we should read the Bible regularly it should be a day and night kind of thing that doesn't mean it has to be first thing when you wake up and last thing before you go to bed or anything like that but it just means it's part of your day and it's it's throughout your day and it's a regular part of what you're doing that God's word is in your life regularly. Here, here's another reason why this is important. Jesus, when he was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, right, responded with a quote from Deuteronomy, I believe it's from Deuteronomy chapter eight, where Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus was being tempted by Satan to turn stones into bread. And his response was this quote from the Old Testament, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we live spiritually, we are nourished by God's word, by, the, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So all of the Bible is important, right? and it's important for our spiritual nourishment. Right? Just like we need physical bread, we need spiritual bread. Right? And so um, if we wanna be nourished regularly, we need to read the Bible regularly right so we're reading it prayerfully we're reading it quickly at times slowly at other times regularly giving ourselves to read the bible and then finally we should read the bible with the church and, and here's what i mean by that we we don't want to try to read the bible in isolation it can be good to read the bible uh personally privately right that it's it's just you by yourself reading the bible nothing wrong with that right? this is perfectly healthy but we don't want to read the Bible in isolation, meaning we're not, um, we, well, let me put it positively. We want to be exposed to God's word with God's people. So when I say reading the Bible with the church, I don't necessarily mean you know you have the same Bible reading plan as other people in your church or that you're reading uh, along with the uh the sermon series or something reading reading the book that the pastor is preaching through or whatever those are good things I'm not saying those say things are bad things i'm saying reading with the church doesn't mean you have to do it that way what i mean is that you're being exposed to the bible along with other christians so you're gathering with christians on a regular basis on a weekly basis to hear the word of god read and to hear the word of god preached um, and you are exposing yourselves yourself to uh, the teachers and preachers that God has gifted to the church uh, to help you understand the Bible and to help you apply the Bible. So, for example... Um, Paul says in Ephesians 4.4 that there is one body, talking about the body of Christ, the church, one body, one spirit. He goes on later, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. We're all united in this one body under this one God, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we ought not to try to live our spiritual life in isolation from that body, but instead our spiritual life, our spiritual growth should be uh, a a part of should be connected to that body and so paul later says uh, sort of along with that later he says in verse 11 of of ephesians 4 starting there he says and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god and he, and he goes on so he's given to the church many lists, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, all of those are uh, offices or, or giftings that God has given uh, to help people understand the Bible, to communicate God's word. Right? And so that, we, so that we learn, so that we grow. And he talks about their being equipped for ministry, uh, right, being built up, attaining to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Uh, God has given us people in the church who write Bible commentaries and the study notes and study Bibles and preach sermons and preach evangelistic messages and, and do all these kinds of things in order to help us understand the Bible. Because here's the thing, none of us, none of us is going to understand the Bible as fully and accurately by ourselves as we will with the body of Christ, as we will when we are exposing ourselves to faithful teachers, pastors, and so on. That's not to say that there aren't people out there who are mishandling the Bible and leading people astray. There are. The Bible talks about that as well. But when you get around a group of faithful Christians who are also reading the Bible, who are listening to the Bible together, being preached and read and taught and so on, that will help you even more than reading the Bible by yourself, and not interacting with any other Christians. That's that's not the way we want to do it. We want to read the Bible personally, yes, but we also want to be engaging with the Bible corporately as a body, as a church, with other Christians, and that will help us grow spiritually as well. Now when it comes down to the details of well, what should I read, well there's a, there are so many options, so many Bible reading plans, uh, so many possibilities out there. Uh, the main thing I would say is, is don't get caught up in the details. Be more concerned about the habit and the heart. right? So first of all, seek to make it a habit to read the Bible. It doesn't really matter where you start. You can start in the Gospels, you can start in the Psalms, you can start Genesis, you can start Paul's letters wherever you are most interested in whatever is grabbing your attention that's probably the best place to start right if if that's what you want to read but wherever you start make the habit make it a habit to regularly read uh, and prayerfully read god's word that's the main thing right and then uh, you have your heart engaged right and that's where the prayerful part comes in where you're not just reading the words on the page so that you can check off a box and say i read so many verses or so many chapters, but you're saying, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to understand. God, I want to know you. God, I want to draw near to you. Would you speak to me through your word? So I encourage you to read the Bible prayerfully, read it quickly at times, read it slowly at times, read it regularly, and read it with the church, with the community of God's people. I pray that your time in the word will be blessed and rich and fruitful that your minds might be renewed, that your lives might be transformed, as Romans 12 says. God bless.